0: Welcome to the fifth episode of The Witch's Haunt. This is The Witch's Haunt and I'm your host, Anna, aka Cedar Moon. I'm a Taurus, eclectic witch, avatar reader, and lover of all things occult. In this podcast, I share information about magic, spirituality, and life as a modern witch. Every week, we unravel ancient wisdom, discover folk magic, tarot, numerology, and all things witchy. My goal is to support each other on our own sacred path. Let's dive into the mysteries of this universe together. So guys, this week's topic is something that's not only dear to my heart and something I really love to dive into, but also a highly requested topic. And it's gonna be lunar magic, moon magic, working with the moon, just incorporating the moon into our practice in order to enhance our spell work, to really amplify our spells and get the most out of it, you know what I mean? And if you are in a sense interested and if you feel drawn to the moon, then this episode is for you. But without further ado, I'm excited, so yeah, let's get going. Like so many other parts of life, the moon has a cycle. It repeats every month, just like the female menstrual cycle. Pretty logical that the moon is linked to feminine energy. It is tied to the subconscious, psychic energies and intuition and it has a force to it that is very empowering. Performing spells according to the moon can be Compared to swimming with the current. So many witches choose to work with lunar energies. They work with supermoons, with full moons, special astrological lunar events like a new moon in Pisces, etc. Certain spells, such as binding spells, are enhanced by the energy of the waning moon. So Lunar witches plan their spell work accordingly. But if you are impatient, like me, then there are other ways and alternatives. You could charge your items, crystals, and water under the moon and then use them anytime you want. So basically, you're transferring the energy of this lunar phase into the item or into your moon water, and you can. Just enhance the spell any time you want and you're not dependent on the moon phase. Because as you know, we are all busy with our lives. And also a quick disclaimer, you don't have to work with the moon phases just to be a witch. Just like with any other part of the practice, it is up to you to decide. But I I can only say it will enhance the power of your spells. It will give you that extra power and that extra intention. You're not dependent on working with the moon. It can be very beneficial but as always it's up to you to decide what you want to use and what doesn't feel good. The easiest way I think to explain the moon phases is when you imagine let's let's say gardening okay. the the process is you're going to, first of all, you're going to um, plant a seed. This seed is then nourished and watered. It has the sun and the water and all the nutrients that help it to grow until it can be, let's say it's a crop and it can be harvested. And then in the next part, we are also going to prepare our soil for the next time that we plant our seeds. And this is an analogy I think is very fitting for the moon phases, because our moon phases represent exactly this process of building up something, harvesting, being thankful, and also preparing to plant the next seed. And that is, to sum it up, the moon phase cycle. It's um, part of an ever- Repeating process. So, how can we harness the power of the moon? You could imagine the cycle as a journey. We go from a beginning, like I mentioned, our fresh start from planning and t- taking action and really taking the steps that are needed to reach our goal. Then we harvest the seeds that we planted and then we receive our results and then we also take a look back. And we are reviewing everything. We are taking a look at what worked and what didn't work. What can be changed for our next steps. And that is, yeah, pretty much to sum it up, the cycle in a nutshell. Let's start with the new moon. So the new moon classically lasts one day. And it is part of... It's the first part of the cycle when the moon is not visible in the sky. It is the fresh start and a new beginning. It's good for new habits for new beginnings, for introspection, for rebirth, for deconstructive measures, for banishing, also if you practice painful magic for curses, I do not because I I don't think it is necessary, and also for divination or preparing the altar. Crystals that are linked to the new moon are Labradorite, Moonstone, and tourmalinated quartz. The next phase is the waxing crescent. The waxing crescent is perfect for detailed planning, for taking practical steps to create your desired outcome. It is a time of courage. Now is a perfect time for your spells that revolve around um, motivation, around success, around constructive magic. It is also good to charge your moon water for money spells for abundance. It is basically good for positive magic. We are now in a phase of planning and thinking about what we want to achieve in the next couple of weeks. Crystals that are linked to this moon phase are green aventurine, moss agate, jade and black obsidian. So now comes the first quarter and the first quarter of the moon is putting this plan that you made into action and really taking the steps that are needed now it's a perfect time for growth for strength for commitment to heal on a spiritual and emotional level for development and success for receiving for health and beauty spells perfect crystals for this moon phase are Tiger's Eye and Carnelian. The waxing gibbous is the final stage of the action and now it's time to stay on your course and refine or adjust if you need. It is about attraction, observing, health, motivation, positive affirmations, development of projects. Crystals that are linked to this moon phase are Citrine, And Malachite, this moon phase is perfect for protection, for banishing, for charging, cleansing, healing, for your heart's desire. The full moon is a very powerful stage of the moon. Now it is time to really manifest, to nurture, to uh, share love and knowledge, to maybe also do spells revolving around legal undertakings and money of course. It is time for rituals revolving around prophecy, around divination. Just anything that needs some extra power and some extra strength can now be performed under this lunar phase. As I said, you could also charge your moon water, to give it this extra glow of the full moon and to support you in your goals and in your dreams. Crystals that are linked to this moon phase are selenite, moonstone, amethyst, aquamarine, clear quartz, pearl and citrine. Next up is the waning gibbous. Now we reflect on our achieved goals now we untie what was maybe not so good we are taking our time to cleanse it's a perfect lunar phase to undo hexes or curses it's perfect for getting rid of energies for cord cutting also to release what no longer serves us just remember the analogy of the seed now that the harvest is done and over with. We are taking time to prepare for the next phase of putting out the seed and now we have to see what no longer serves us or we have to banish what is not good for us. So for the waning gibbous the crystals that are linked to it are amazonite and jasper and lepidolite. The last quarter Looking back and evaluation, as I said, it's pretty similar to the waning gibbous. We look back and we evaluate what was and what was working or not working. (laughs) The attributes are wisdom and psychic abilities. You can take time for scrying or other forms of divination. It's also perfect for breaking bad habits, for ridding yourself of um, negativity. It's good for basically types of cleansing. It can be physical, it can be mental. You can cleanse your space and just make room for the new, for a fresh new start that is on its way. Perfect crystals for the last quarter of the f- of the moon <laughs> of the full moon I wanted to say. sorry. Um, yeah, crystals are fluoride, lapis lazuli or emerald. Now comes the waning crescent. The waning crescent is a time to strengthen your powers. You should maybe plan some meditation, some rest it's time for balancing, for ridding of illness and just recharging your batteries to really be able to perform spell work in a a good and strong way. And you could also see this as a time where you're not necessarily having to do something. You can also do a cleansing bath or a meditative ritual. This can also be magic and spell work. It doesn't always have to revolve around money spells or love spells or whatever it is that you like to do in your magical practice. Crystals that are linked to this um, yeah, waning crescent are rose quartz, rhodonite and unakite. Okay guys. So, <laughs> um I love personality tests and I love to, you know, find out more about my connection to certain magical or in this case to the lunar to some magical stuff and lunar phases. So, I have brought something that's pretty interesting. So, you can now pause the podcast or you can also do it later <laughs> if you want to. Basically, you're you're going to want to check out your birthday And the lunar phase that you're born under. So which lunar phase was on this particular day. And just you can go to I think any random site. There are so many free websites online. Yes and I have prepared a little list for you. And you can just check out which influence it has. Depending on which lunar phase you're born under. You might have a different approach um, on how you deal with obstacles, or how you deal with setting your goals. So, yeah, if you're born on a new moon, you love to pursue new passions and you're very curious. If you're born on a waxing crescent moon, you have lots of courage, you're adventurous and joyous. If you're born on a first quarter moon, you love the challenge you are ambitious and strong. If you're born on a waxing gibbous moon, you are caring, nurturing and calming. If you're born on a full moon, you shine your experiences outward and you inspire others. If you're born on a waning gibbous moon, you are all about self-development and discovering your talent. If you're born on a last quarter moon, you enjoy alone time and you're very introspective. If you're born on a waning crescent moon, you dive deep into philosophy and you aren't afraid to discover your dark side as well. Anyways, um, tell me what you think about that and if you resonate with the results or if you think this is all just woo-woo and you don't believe <laughs> that um, the lunar phase actually has a power depending on which lunar phase you're born under. Well, the next part um, is something that I find really interesting and it is asbats and the Farmer's Almanac. So to everyone who hasn't heard the term um, yet, uh, an asbat is a celebration which is similar to a sabbat, but it is linked to the moon. And there are 12 of these dates, which are usually an opportunity for healing, for feasting, for rituals, and for psychic training. And they are mostly done, if you're a Wiccan, for example, they are mostly done in a coven, so celebrated together and yeah, every full moon in this in the year <laughs> has a name, and it's derived from old traditions, from folklore, from agriculture. Well, so there is the uh, farmer's almanac, which was a source for knowledge that connected agriculture with the moon. It shows the best days for gardening, for outdoor activities like fishing, etc. Anyways, this farmer's almanac uh, has 12 moons that are yeah, listed under certain names. And I find it highly interesting. And I stumbled across the names as I started uh, with my first Grimoire. And I found this to be so beautiful. <laughs> Not only that... There's a lot of interesting folklore around that, some of the names come from Native American tradition and others stem from farmers, so let's take a look at them. In January we have the wolf moon, or also called ice moon or old moon. What it is good for is introspection, divination, self-care, cleansing and banishing. So just a little side note here, I'm just reading the list but I also wanted to say that you could of course coordinate your spell work with those lunar events because I think each of those full moons holds a special power to them. So in February we have the snow moon, also called a storm moon, hunger moon and others. (laughs) I have not written down all the names because there was literally a list of like, not gonna lie, 12 names or more for every moon. So that would be like a little bit too much for today. Anyways, what it is good for is to recharge, for self-care, for resting and for meditating. In March, we have the warm moon or seed moon, moon of winds or sap moon because um, is time of the harvest of um, I don't want to be wrong, but maple syrup. Any, anyhow, what it is good for is for planting seeds, for our goals, for creating a vision board or for journaling. In April, we have the pink moon. It is called pink moon because of a certain wildflower that is growing in April in North America. I don't know the name, so sorry for that. Uh, It is also called the fish moon or the egg moon. What it is good for is learning new skills and hobbies, maybe even doing some spring cleaning and for creativity. The flower moon in May is also called hair moon or bright moon. It is good for activities that involve flowers of any kind. It is good for planting, for doing some flower crowns to celebrate abundance and for money magic. In June, we have the strawberry moon. It's also called the sun moon, rose moon, honey moon, or lover's moon. It is good for beauty and glamour magic, for self-love, and overall for cherishing what we have in our lives, for gratitude and introspection. The buck moon in July is also called blessing moon, hay moon, or thunder moon. It's good for enjoying all kinds of summer activities like hiking, swimming and garden magic or green magic. August is the time of the sturgeon moon. It's a type of fish that appears mostly in the season. What it's good for is, well, especially for cherishing nature's gifts, for canning and preserving food, cooking marmalade etc and also spending time outdoors and embracing the upcoming changes in the weather. September brings us the full corn moon which is also called harvest moon or wine moon. Well the harvest moon is the one that falls closest to the autumn equinox. Now it's a good time to Embrace the change and also prepare for the upcoming darkness. You could do some rituals revolving around cleansing your house, cleansing the energy and generally recharging spiritually for the upcoming winter or like fall and then winter that is near. In October, my favorite month of the year, we have the hunter moon. Also called blood moon, falling leaf moon, or moon of the changing season it's good for honoring the ancestors and the loved ones who have passed it's good for spiritual communication and also to um, make offerings to deities october has arrived and the leaves are starting to change and now it's time to reflect and maybe also journal about your achievements of this year november greets us with the beaver moon, which is also called mad moon or moon of storm. In December we have the wolf moon, also called a cold moon and oak moon. Well now it's time for complex reflection of past, present and future, for divination, for reviewing the year, what has been good so far, what was maybe not so good, what didn't go as planned, what are your goals for the next year. And by the way, do you know where the saying once in a blue moon comes from? The blue moon is when two full moons in the same month occur. This is especially rare because it happens only every two and a half years. So that's why it's called once in a blue moon and now before we go into the next section guys i just want you to know that i'm very very thankful that you listen to me and i'm also very glad about your support thank you so much also for the kind words um, on tiktok and if you want to suggest a topic or ask a question you can write me an email to thewitcheshaunt at gmail.com so now we have the herb of the week every week i present you the herb of the week which i will portray and talk a little more about the correspondences today's herb is the sister of muckwort which we discussed a few episodes ago it is a powerful one and its plant spirit is considered to be very strong with its qualities, it's a staple in every witch's apothecary, and it has been used since the Middle Ages even. It is Artemisia, also called Artemisia absinthium. Well, it's named after Artemis or Diana, the goddess of the hunt. Wormwood was, it is, it's also called Wormwood, and it was the um, the ancient pro verb goes something like as bitter as wormwood and this is referring to its bitter taste. Wormwood is also called old woman, matterwort or crown for a king. For the sake of simplicity I will call the herb wormwood in the next parts. It is linked to fire and its gender is masculine and associated with the element of fire. Well, Diana has come up in my life in the past couple of weeks a few times, I don't know, was like coincidental and it's a good example because um, Diana is a triple goddess with many aspects. Her connection to the moon is possibly more important to her identities as as her huntress aspect. She is often shown with the crescent moon as her symbol. That's Pretty much perfect for today's episode's topic and um, yeah, this is why working with this lunar goddess requires working closely to the moon phases and Diana is also known under the name a queen of witches. So there are many traditions and folklore around wormwood. The legend says it has been the first herb that was said to uh, grow out of the garden of Eden. Wormwood is also closely linked to snakes. In Russia, it has been used to protect the wearer from water spirits called ruzalki, who are said to roam the forests and rivers and being described to have white hair, pale skin and an overwhelming hate for humans. In the medieval times, it was often put in mead. Because it was good to cure problems with intestinal worms. So that's also where the name comes from. People used to have parasites in these times. So yeah, that's basically a way to treat this back in the days. It's also been used to brew teas and smoked as an aid in enhancing visions. But please pay attention, it is poisonous in certain amounts. Personally, I would not recommend neither of these, so please don't drink or smoke it. There are many other uses, for example in ritual oils, candle spells or spell jars. Correspondences for wormwood are psychic powers, protection and banishing, removing anger, promoting love, calling spirits, and divination. So, of course, there is a lot of folklore revolving around wormwood. You could put it in your shoes. This is said to protect accidents and also uh, to to protect, to prevent, I'm sorry. You could also um, put it in your car for the same reason. It's said to protect you from any kind of accident. If you're wearing it or putting it in your car You could also carry it with you to repel people with evil intentions. Put it in a pouch and hang it above your front door to prevent thefts or any evil entities coming into your home. It is also said that it aids in clairvoyance if you combine it with star anise and burn it on a charcoal disc. It is especially linked to spirit communication, like communication with ancestors and the deceased. It is also said that if you go to a graveyard and burn the herb, the dead will speak to you. Put wormwood and mint into a dream pouch to see the ancestors in your dreams. Or put it in avocado or olive oil Leave it out on three full moons and then use it to enhance your moon rituals, because the powers of the moon are now transferred into the oil. So, my dear witches, now we have to come to um, another quick announcement. Um, Yeah, I'm currently working in a 9-to-5 corporate job and I really want to make teaching witchcraft my main job, so... This being said, this podcast is self-produced and I don't have any sponsors whatsoever. (laughs) Not yet. If you would like to support me, you can do this in many ways. You can visit my social media, share this podcast with your friends or become a Patreon. As a member, you will receive extra episodes and a bunch of exclusive content Find me on patreon.com slash thewitcheshaunt. So for today's reading, I was taking a slightly different approach and I have pulled a rune for you guys. So today's rune is manats. It is... Um, Yeah, manats literally means mankind. So, in the sense of humankind and awareness, it is linked to memory, learning, to the mind, to divine structures within humanity. And to me, this rune symbolizes each person's part in the large. (laughs) so to speak so it's basically what part do you play in humankind um it's a development of the intellect of the rational mind of intelligence of self-actualization and realizing the divine structure in humankind it's about working with your third eye also, with your mind's eye, to really connect to your higher self, to find awareness to what's really important in life. Is it money? Is it success? Or is it something completely different? It can be different for everybody. But if we all look inwards and channel our energies and our psychic power then we can really benefit society as a whole because in developing a sense of what the higher self wants we can all act accordingly to our to our calling basically so this rune is a very positive one in my opinion and it also revolves around you becoming aware of your role of a co-creator in this universe. You're co-creating reality with your own unique way, with your actions, with your dreams, with your passions. You co-create reality and that is very, very powerful. And with this message, I would like to leave you at this point and I'm wishing you a really great week ahead thanks for checking in thanks for your support and for all of your great comments i really appreciate them every one of them and i'm thankful that you're all here and yeah i wish you a great week and remember to listen to your intuition because magic lives in all of us blessed be